We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NBA draft. The Charlotte Hornets select Larry Johnson from University. I'm not supposed to be here, man. A lot of people from where I'm from, so don't don't make it. Charlotte, we're back. All right, welcome to another Buzz Beat. A Charlotte Hornets podcast. This is Richie, and I'm live on Twitter Spaces this Thursday afternoon. I hope everyone is doing well, and I really appreciate all of you guys that have joined us and always listen to our episodes and do anything that you guys can to support us. If you want to know the best way to support us is to go into Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us, leave us a rating and review uh, telling us your favorite parts about our pod. The latest one that I want to read to you guys uh, is this from Rich Ballantyne. He says, great information and opinions. I listen to a number of Hornets podcasts and find your podcast to be the best. Your information is right on. Your various opinions are fair and concise. And most important, you don't get on the team for poor play. You discuss the reasons why things break down and give positive suggestions on how to go forward. Only issue that I have is that you guys are not daily Keep up the great work. So we definitely love reading those Apple podcast reviews. I'm not sure if Spotify allows you guys to do reviews. I think they just have ratings at this point. As far as the daily part, uh, I know that we've increased our volume of podcasts this year, uh, but it probably will never go daily just because there's not enough to talk about. Let's recap this Pacers game. Uh, the Hornets came out strong, especially on the offensive end with Rozier's hot shooting in that first half. They struggled to get things going coming out of the halftime break there. And that third quarter was definitely a slog. Lots of missed shots, lots of fouls. But in the end, Charlotte withstood a comeback attempt by the Pacers, who got the score within, I think, four points in that fourth quarter. The Hornets won 116-108, and they are now 19-17, and with actually three of those wins coming against the Pacers this year. So a couple of quick notes on a team basis before switching over to some of the highlighted individuals in this game charlotte outscored the pacers in the paint 54 to 32 which is a pretty significant deficit there for the pacers they also did a far better job in protecting the ball where the indiana pacers had a 17 and a half turnover percentage so let's get into the highlighted players that i want to talk about in this game and there are a couple of uh questions that 
were sent in to me on Twitter, and I will get to those as well. So Lamella Ball had another near triple-double. I believe he was one assist short from his fourth overall triple-double of his career. He actually had 13, 8, and 7 at half. So I thought for sure he was going to get that triple-double uh, pretty easily, you know, just looking at those first-half stats. Again, he was dictating the pace, putting the opponents in position to pick up and defend quickly. If teams don't stop the ball, which a lot of times that that happens, he's going to find an opening for either himself or for cutters in transition. You know, it doesn't matter if you're Nick Richards or Miles Bridges, you know, all types of ability. He's going to put his teammates in a good position to score. Um, he places the ball and the passes right where it needs to go. Simply put, he just makes his teammates better. And when we talk about his triple doubles, the first two stats that you probably think of for a point guard are probably points and assists. But to me, his rebounding has been the thing that puts him over the top in terms of his like effectiveness for this team. You know, if he was just racking up the points and the assist, that would be one thing. But when it comes to his rebounding, like on the offensive end, it's clearly creating second chance points. He did a number of uh, good things on the offensive boards last night against the Pacers. How many offensive rebounds did he have last night? He had five offensive rebounds, which is great to see. Uh, when it's on the defensive side of the court, those defensive boards, it puts the offense in a good position to jumpstart their possession as quickly as possible because you're not having to worry about Plumlee or PJ or anyone that's on the court to go give LaMelo the ball. He gets it. He takes it up the court. He allows his teammates to go fill the lanes, get up the court, create some kind of advantage uh, on the offensive side by LaMelo grabbing the ball. So I, I think triple doubles are great and all. I, I think sometimes, you know, you want him to pick up the triple double. But regardless of all that, I think the rebounding when it comes to those three stats like that, that's the thing that puts him over the top and it works so perfectly within the system that Charlotte is trying to run. I do have a question from at Belk forever on Twitter. Will LaMelo be an all-star? I think the quick answer to this is yes. Uh, he's averaging 19.7 points, 7.6 rebounds and eight assists. I think those numbers are good enough to get him in the all-star game. I know that there's going to be competition with him and some of the other backcourt guards that are going to be competing. And I think the bigger question will be whether or not he gets the starting backcourt spot in the East. He's going to be going up against uh, Van Vliet, DeRozan, Trey Young, Zach Levine, uh, James Harden. These are some of the names that will probably be in the running for that starting backcourt spot. I'll go out on a limb uh, just because of his popularity. I, I will say that Ball and maybe one of those guys from Chicago get the starting spot in the 2022 All-Star game. I will say yes. One, I do think he's going to make the All-Star team, but I'll, I'll even go out on a limb and say that he is starting uh, for the East. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another player I want to mention, big fan of his, Jalen McDaniels. He finished with 12 points on 63% shooting. Also got three rebounds as well. Low usage guy, like we talk about that, where he doesn't need the ball in his hands all that much. But he's doing a much better job of scoring off the dribble. He doesn't necessarily create a ton of, you know, a ton of space with his dribble moves. He's not like super quick or jittery, but he's gotten better at scoring points outside of just catch and shoot threes. There were several plays like that against the Rockets a couple games ago and then last night's game against Indiana. One specifically that stands out to me was midway through the second quarter where he goes chest to chest with Miles Turner and still finished through the contact. And for a player that probably could afford to add a little bit more weight. I know that he's added weight since entering the league, but he just looks a little bit thin for his frame. It makes his offensive game, it makes his offensive game way more dynamic. If he can get some more points on those unassisted buckets, he's just such a plug and play player. And, you know, you can place him at the three, you can place him at the four, and he doesn't need to be your primary guy or your secondary guy. He's going to be your fourth option on offense. But if he does add a little bit more to his offensive game, it definitely makes him obviously more powerful. And that leads me to my next question from Eddie at ELemons3 on Twitter. He says this, as we are reaching the calmer part of the schedule, should the Hornets start lessening the minutes of Bridges, Hayward, Ball, and Rozier all over 30 plus minutes per game in an effort to protect them for the late season and playoffs and play the rookies in Ubre more. To answer this question, Eddie, I am fully on board with this. I actually think the top guy on this roster that needs to see less minutes, not because um, you know he's hurting the team by any means, but just because I feel like he could use a break is Gordon Hayward. He's played over 1,100 minutes uh, this season, and he's actually second on the team behind Miles Bridges in total minutes played, which for a young guy might be fine, but the fact that he's one of the older players on this team, he's got a lot of miles on him already, I think it would be nice to kind of dial back some of Hayward's minutes. And to your point, Eddie, you know, as they're pushing for the playoffs, and there's still over half the season to go, you're going to need to see some of these players dial it back a little bit because you don't want them to get injured or fatigued or burn out or anything like that. The two players that I would like to see get more minutes 
is PJ Washington and Jalen McDaniels, who I just mentioned. They're both both versatile and both, like I said, plug and play types where it's really easy to construct a roster and a lineup around them. And it feels like those two haven't been getting enough minutes. And it's, I, I think their abilities and their, you know, their strong suits with this team just fit perfectly with anyone that can play around them. Um, as far as the rookies go, like Kai and Book Knight and Thor, I honestly don't see room for them right now, maybe outside of garbage time. I know that Book and Thor have shown some flashes here in Charlotte, and but that's really all it's been is just like quick flashes. Uh, give them consistent minutes in Greensboro for now. I just don't see a lot of benefit in them playing in Charlotte and, you know, you can't just rest players to rest players for the playoffs. You still have to stay in contention. And I think right now with James Booknight and JT Thor and Kai Jones playing them any kind of consistent minutes here in Charlotte, one, I don't think is attainable, but two, is not going to put this team in a position to keep that sustained uh, standing within the East right now. So they're trying to push for a top six spot. I think they can do it. Maybe they need to make a trade, but if they start taking away minutes and playing the rookies, I, I don't think that's going to be the way to go. But I would agree with the overall sentiment of this question. Some of the players need to have a lessening of their minutes load, and to me especially, it needs to be Gordon Hayward. Uh, Terry Rozier last night started off this game very hot. Not that he necessarily went cold, but he just wasn't as involved in those middle quarters in the first quarter, he was two of three from deep. And in the fourth quarter, he came up big late with like two three-pointers in the final three minutes of this game, scored 13 points in that final quarter. I mentioned this on the last pod, but I'm looking forward to a steady stretch of Rozier shooting like 40-plus percent for like four or five straight games. And just overall having some kind of steadiness to him. I know he's been better as of late when you kind of take a look at it as a whole but if you go game by game it's been a very extreme kind of roller coaster up and down streak for Rozier one night he'll shoot 70 percent from deep and then the next night he'll shoot 27 percent from deep or 18 or whatever and it just goes up and down up and down I think he'll get there no doubt but I would love to see more consistency from Rozier he's the team's best player as an off-ball mover and creates a ton of gravity with his outside shot even if it's not falling and then you have Lamelo and Bridges and everyone else that's trying to get downhill so when he's shooting well uh, that obviously is going to have an impact on players driving and getting to the rim as well so consistency is going to be key for Rozier but he had another big night last night uh, the past two games he's been good Gordon Hayward had a steady game finished with 18 points four rebounds and two assists he had his mid-range shot working last night Three of three on two-point shots from 14-plus feet. He's just so calm when defenders are flying out to him on closeouts. He gets up a pump fake. He gets inside the three-point line and just is so comfortable pulling up from 15 feet or longer. It's a key skill that all teams need on their roster, especially teams that are going to be competing for a playoff spot, and he's Charlotte's best player at doing that and getting into the mid-range and pulling up. Um, he's got that ability within him. And this leads me to another question that I got from KC at Big Loaf Action on Twitter. Does Hayward get traded? I say no. And I, I've mentioned this on 
previous episodes, but there are hurdles to trading Gordon Hayward. Expensive contract. He's got a trade kicker. And just finding a team out there that could use him while also being okay with sending out that type of salary in the opposite direction. I think Hayward provides stability to this team, has been relatively healthy this season. I believe he's only missed one game. And to my previous point, he's played the second most minutes out of anyone on the roster. And he may not be worth his contract, but he's more valuable on this team than I think many fans give him credit for. So to answer the question, no, I don't think Hayward gets traded. And speaking of someone that gets overlooked, Cody Martin. We're going to end with Cody Martin from last night. He's been having his struggles offensively since coming back from health and safety protocols, but he's out there making hustle plays even when he's not scoring or making his threes, which he hasn't been. You know, he's going out there and getting those 50-50 balls. He actually stole a dribble handoff from Sabonis last night, which just seems like a very hard thing to do, and I'm not sure many players even attempt that type of stuff. Uh, the play of the game, though, for Cody Martin was stealing away that that tip on the jump ball with about three minutes left to play. Turner tips it behind him to his right Cody Martin is kind of over on the left. He runs over, snags it in between a couple of pacers, kicks it out to Rozier for an insisted three-point shot to put the Hornets up eight with about three minutes left to play. And at this point in the game, it felt like the, the pacers were keeping it close, making a comeback, and Hornets were trying their best to extend the lead. And at this point, it felt like the momentum completely shifted back to Charlotte with that you know stealing of the, the jump ball there and kicking out to Rozier. And then there's another play I do want to highlight. Definitely does not show up in the box score by any means. It This was under a minute left to play, and it was late in the shot clock. LaMelo and Plumlee run a pick and roll. And while this is happening, Cody Martin sets a back screen for Hayward, who's kind of sliding out to the corner. So this may not seem like it matters, but Levert, who happened to be defending Cody Martin, now has to recognize that Hayward is drifting to the corner. And so while LaMelo and Plumlee are running this pick and roll in the middle of the court, Levert, who should be helping on the roll from Plumlee, which probably would have been the right move. I think that would make more sense for Karras to do that. But now he has to think about who he's going to defend because now, now Gordon Hayward is wide open in the corner because Cody Martin came up and set a screen. So Martin freeing up Hayward you know, makes makes another heady play, a very, very small play. It's not going to show up in the box score. And he only finished with one point, two blocks, one steal, four assists, three re- rebounds. It's a very underwhelming, you know, box score for most players, but I think his impact goes way beyond the box score. So Cody Martin, I think he'll get back into the swing of things coming back from health and safety protocols. Offensively, he's shown tremendous strides this season, but with Cody Martin, like always, it's always about the defensive side. It's always about the little plays that he does make on that end. So unless we have any last-minute speaker requests, we're going to wrap it up here. The Hornets' next three games are Sunday versus Phoenix, Monday at Washington, who have slipped a little since their hot start, and then Wednesday versus Detroit. So I think the Hornets should win Two out of those three games, and I don't have to tell you which two I think they should win, they somehow managed to get three of three. That does put them in a great position because then after those three games, I believe they play 
Milwaukee in back-to-back games, both of which I think are at home, which is very interesting. So it's not a home-and-home. Hornets are just playing the Bucks, two games within like three days uh, at home. So hope everyone has a, a good new year, and we will talk to you guys later. If you guys hopped on a little bit later, I will put this podcast out as soon as possible. It's only about... 20 minutes, going so into the new year. Have a good one and go Hornets. Having wins, that always helps. So a win after a win after a win, we're going to keep on trying to do that. And last question, I promise. What do you got to say to your teammates, Miles and PJ? I know they want to be out here tonight. Happy New Year. Yeah. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.